Orange County won despite being down a man. Both number one seeds were eliminated, and San Antonio FC cruised to victory in what was the wild, wild west. From Barry, who slips in among, among in behind is brought down, and it is a red. The penalty area dealt with initially. Shot comes back in. Thomas, it's in. Ronaldo Thomas, and that's it. Wild West. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? And let me just say, what's up, rest of the USL fans that may be joining us tonight as we have a lot to talk about as we're going to talk about this Western Conference uh, USL Championship playoffs. I got to get all those words in. I got them all mixed, mismatched there, but that's what I always do. Uh, my name is Ray Samora. This is the first and only podcast that's dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. But again, we're we're joining the likes of all the Western Conference here today. I'm going to be taking you through this journey as best I can. We have a lot of guests that are joining us, so hopefully we can keep this running smoothly uh, as we go through this. One person that I, I want to introduce, as I always do, the first person, first name, one of the originals of our podcast, that's Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, 
How are you doing, my man? And as always, uh, it, it, again, just like last week, it seems like his microphone's not picking up again. So um, he's technical difficulties here from Dylan two weeks in a row. I don't know if we need to uh, punish him or something, but let's do this. While he gets that fixed, let's move down south into San Diego. Alan in San Diego. Let's see, is your mic working, Alan? Pun punish him? That's That seems a little bit either harsh or fun. Um judgment-free zone uh so uh so this off season is gonna be really important i think there's some transfer rumors that we need to oh there's still soccer being played oh well in uh, places other than san diego yes there is still soccer being played well i mean yeah that's fair i think even in san antonio there was a lack of soccer being played as well uh no things are going all right Ooh. uh i'm excited for some matchups this weekend uh, the marching band competition I have is literally 10 minutes from uh, Championship Soccer Stadium. So uh, I am hoping to be able to make it to watch all, if not, or most, if not all, uh, Irvine High School. Uh, and I'm looking forward to some some lovely guests. I know you have a bunch of them, so I'll stop, talk, stop talking so other smarter people can start talking. There we go. Uh, let's move up northwest from us, and that's Reno, man. That's Brad. Uh, you know, hey, Alan, you're talking about no soccer for you now. I mean, he's been going a year and some months without any local soccer. So, um, but Brad, how you doing, my man? Yeah, when you when you have to uh, fly down to see some local soccer, you know, you, you take any opportunity you can make it. Uh, big, big happy, big happy weekend. Yes, definitely. And we're going to talk about the Orange County Colorado Springs match briefly. But before we do so, I want to introduce all of our guests that we have. Again, we have a lot of guests here. Hopefully we can make this work. When you're bringing a lot of people into a room, who knows what's going to happen, but we'll do this. Let's bring on first a big fan of the show. He uh, tends to listen to us for some reason or another uh, over in Texas, and that's Harry. Uh, Harry, how are we doing, my man? Welcome back to our show. Thank you. Appreciate the uh, the invite once again. And uh, Alan, uh, I'm sorry. I, th I thought I saw soccer played in San Antonio, but, you know, hey, that was just me. There we go. It was just him. Uh, we got uh, someone else from the state of Texas that's joining our show, uh, and that's going to be Edson Ochoa from down in the valley. Edson, welcome to our show. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, I want to thank you all for inviting me on the show. I know you've had uh, my co-host, uh, Jacob Young, a couple of times, and uh, I'm actually really happy to, to, to be on with you all to talk about the, the Toros today. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, about to reach out to Jake. I'm like, wait, we've never had Edson on here. Let's get him, give him a shot to join us on the show. Um, that's <laughs> why I sent the invite. So thank you for taking the opportunity to uh, spend some time with us. Uh, and then let me introduce two final guests that are going to be joining us. Um, this, these two are going to be important for Orange County because we're going to be facing their team here in a few days. These guys cover Oakland Roots from Roots Blog, and that's Peter and Aaron. Um, Peter, let me go to you first and share at the bottom left of the screen. How are you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing great. This is later in the season than I expected to be talking about Oakland Roots soccer. And, and Aaron, how about yourself? The same as you? Same with you, or did you have more confidence in your Oakland Roots? Uh, you know, I can't. I can't say that I had more confidence because our predictions are are matters of public record, and uh, <laughs> I I predicted us to go out on penalties last weekend. So uh, I am equally pleased by what transpired. Yeah, definitely. And what a what a crazy. I mean, can we all just at least agree the West was crazy this uh, in this first round? I think maybe San Antonio was the one team that sort of had it easy in the first round. 
Um, no offense to any San Diego fans <laughs> that may be on this podcast, but uh, all the other teams, when you look at what happened with Orange County uh, and Rob Kiernan getting a red card in the 30th minute or roughly around there, uh, and you see the two number four seeds knock out the two number one seeds, two teams that had uh, you know, been bragging all season about how they've been undefeated at home and all that fun stuff. It was just so darn crazy. Um, but what I want to do first, because we are an Orange County uh, podcast, I want to just spend a little bit of time to talk about Orange County's match against Colorado Springs. And the good thing with this time of year, uh, when it gets to playoffs, I, I know a lot of us are busy. You probably only get to watch a few games here and there. We're not all like Harry. You can watch pretty much every single game and listen to every single podcast. Uh, but uh, you know, during the playoffs, you start looking at some of these other matchups because matchups because you want to see who you may play next week, and it's it's just exciting and fun. Um, first, let me check, Dylan. Is your mic working yet? Is it? It is. It is working. We can now it hear is. you. Hello. Hello. So, really everyone. quick, how are you doing, Dylan? Quickly. <clears throat> I'm doing well. Perfect. He's doing well. Um, so, Orange County played host to Colorado Springs in the first round. Uh, you know, there were a lot of. Uh, predictions on both sides there were some people that were feeling like colorado springs uh, quickness up top was going to really hurt orange county and there were some people that were looking at orange county's roster and saying there's a strong veteran defense back there um and so it was sort of this which one's going to win out and early on it was a nice little battle but you see rob kiernan pick up that red card which i i know dylan and i and even brad we discussed it a little bit actually at halftime of what else could rob do in that situation but do that because i think the, the thought is you take that red card for the team, you're, give, you're, you're eliminating that one-on-one -on -one shot against the goalie and hoping that it works out for you. And in the end, it works out for Orange County. Not only do they not give up a goal, but they also were able to get a nice goal from Ronaldo Damas. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Dylan, because you were right there. We probably can see you on the highlights right now. Um, what were your thoughts going on, uh, A, when you saw uh, – Kiernan get that red card and B when you saw uh, Ronaldo Namas score that what ended up being the, the game winner. Well, when you saw Robbie pick up that red um, for some odd reason, I didn't feel like the game was over. I just felt like it was time to shut up shop and hope for a nil nil and, and hopefully we could advance on penalties. Um, and when Ronaldo scored that, I think it took a good second where I was like, oh, wait, that actually went in. Like, oh my, we're actually winning here. Um, there's no way we're actually winning here. Um, and <laughs> then I was hoping we could hold on um, for quite some time, and we managed. So quite a lot of surprises for a Saturday night. But um, it's, it's absolutely the right foul to make, even if it did put us in a really bad bind and will continue to put us in a really bad bind uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, what's going to be troublesome for Orange County on Saturday. Uh, Brad made the trip down to the stadium, and for those of you not familiar with Championship Soccer Stadium, Caroline Coalition is on basically the goal line uh, of the opposite side of where this Ronaldo goal was scored. Brad, you had a better view because you actually were like, I think like sort of midfield, sideline, um, so you could really see that shot. Uh, how beautiful was that shot from Ronaldo? And, and I know people that were watching the live stream saw uh, what he did there, and you can see the highlights on our video, but live at the stadium what were your thoughts when you saw that that ball hit the back of the net uh i don't have words i just have like the little chef's kiss emoji for that just absolutely perfect uh situation it came against kind of the how the against kind of the run of the play that game was not really something that we were 
we were thinking was Orange County could come back, and then all of a sudden a Brett bomb and Ronaldo Damas gets the ball just on the perfect spot for him to turn around and just nail one in the top left. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me just get a point of view. I want to I want to go to either of our Oakland guys here, so you guys can decide who wants to speak on this. Uh, did you all a did any of you watch the match or parts of this match? And B, what are your thoughts uh, of Orange County being able to hold Colorado Springs? And, and how does that scare you guys uh, heading into this upcoming match between the two teams? Who wants to take it? I'll, I'll take that one. Um, I got to be honest. When when uh, when you guys went down to ten men, I was thinking, I, I don't think there's a squad in the West that I, you know, I, I'd rather have in that position than Orange County because. Um, you guys sit back so well and so often. I thought this is perfect. This is this is going to be fine. I did not think you're going to hold them scoreless for the rest of the match, but I did think that you had a shot to get them to penalties. Um, I, it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it's unbelievable goal. Uh, Damas is an incredible player. Kind of wish we could steal him from you guys for next season. Uh, that would be that would be nice because. We're, 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 we're not, we don't really have a lot of guys who score like that. Um, and it, <laughs> it is a bit of a problem has been a bit of a problem in our games against uh, orange County. Uh, but <clears throat> I mean, the, the defensive organization that orange County plays with, especially under Chaplo is so um, I mean, it's, it's really something to watch. And I, I had every confidence that this was going to be a tight match down to the wire. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, one of our listeners, uh, Grayson's father, uh, is mentioning that he spoke with Rob after the match and Rob knew exactly what he was doing with that red card. Uh, and I think you could tell when you watch that stream, right? As you, he doesn't complain. He doesn't argue. He, you know, just starts already walking towards the sideline. Let me go to one of our Texas guys. And again, I'll, uh, I'll let me go to Harry first. Um, you know, your thoughts on what you saw from Orange County there. Uh, I don't know if you ever got to witness what Ronaldo did when he was playing with North Texas. I, I, I just assuming you're a little bit closer. So maybe you saw a little bit more out of him, but maybe not. Um, but how impressed have you been with the, the youngster? I mean, and, and, you know, we saw him getting beat up uh, a lot of that second half in this match, um, and he's just out there still smiling and fighting. But what were your thoughts on uh, Ronaldo uh, and his uh, impact on this match? Well, if they we were picking a team of the week, he would be my player of the week. Because um, no, no offense to Orange County fans or, you know, along those lines, but he's the reason why – you guys won that game. Uh, his hustle up top, his 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 aggressiveness up top, because um, it was only him, uh, you know. And then you know the midfielders would come up, but you know the the effort that 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 kid put in um, for that match, you know, it, it was well earned and and you know it was a deserving goal, uh, obviously. And uh, you know, I won't lie, I was rooting for the switchbacks, uh, just you know, so that way, you know, if San Antonio did get by. <clears throat> get well. I knew San Antonio got by uh, um, uh, San Diego at that point, but if you know if we could have got past Phoenix or, or RGV upcoming, then we could have possibly hosted the next round uh, for that here. So I won't lie, I was rooting for the switchbacks. But to me, the OC defense is for real. But to me, without having that that attack up up top, um, being able to put that pressure, be able to take uh, some of the pressure off the defense. Uh, I don't know if, if, if OC gets past that game. And, and that's why to me, I left that game going, you know, hats off to, you know, to uh, Damas. Cause he, you know, 
you know, like I said, to me, he was the player of the week, you know, uh, you know, for this past, you know, at least in the West for the first round. Um, let me do this because we're talking about Ronaldo Donis. Um, and I, I think a big reason why he had to, to just fight so hard is because of the Kiernan red card. So at that point, Orange County is playing more of a defensive uh, setup. They're giving up an extra attacker to really just sort of sit back on defense and whatnot. I, I think we potentially would have seen uh, Ugo Okoli or Thomas Anavolton enter the match. Otherwise, if they had that 11th man on the pitch. Um, Really quick, let me go to you, you Alan. Uh, do you have anything to add to this match? And then I want to move on because we have some other stuff to talk about. Uh, this second round of the Western Conference playoffs, the reason we brought all these voices on is really what we want to talk about. But let me go to you, Alan. You get last word on this uh, Orange County, Colorado Springs. Well, I'll give Brad one quick word after you as well. Nothing to add. All right, nothing to add from Alan. Brad, what about you? Do you have anything to add to this, uh, this matchup? I feel like this is an unpopular opinion uh, for what everybody was saying in our comment section, but I really do think that uh, Kiernan could have and should have gotten to the ball first. I felt like he was a little bit slow. Obviously the red card is the right call and it was the defensive move he had to make after the fact that he was beat to the ball, but still think, you know, he could have, but Damas at top really made uh Colorado swing switchback players work and uh, definitely, definitely a good game by him. I echo uh, Harry Player of the Week uh, nomination there. So let, let, again, Rob Kiernan makes probably a little bit of a defensive mistake, but makes up for it by taking the red card for the team. Uh, I would have rather, obviously, I think anyone would agree, we'd rather have, if you're a fan of Orange County, you'd rather have him take the red card there than uh, given one-on-one opportunity with a goalie. Um, especially in a game where you're probably thinking, you know, one one goal is going to be a big uh, thing to overcome against uh, uh, Colorado Springs there. So um, let's do this. I want to go now. Uh, I'm going to go around the table with some of our guests here. I just want to find out your thoughts or, or just give us a quick recap of, of your matches this this past weekend uh, and how your team has gotten to this second round portion of thing. I'm going to go to Edson because we haven't heard t- from Edson in a while. Um, and this is... Uh, the, the probably what I'm going to say was the most exciting out of the four Western conference matches. I think all of us were probably, cause I think this was the last one streaming of the night um, of the first round. I think all of us were watching it. It was just like crazy. I was, you know, listening to it on the way home from championship soccer stadium and turned on the TV once I got home. So Edson uh, talk to us about how did RGV pull off this major upset against Phoenix? If Edson's around, Edson, are you there? I think Edson's scared about this week already. He's already scared <laughs> about the. Let's do this then. Maybe uh, you know, some technical difficulties. So let's do this. I'm going to go to you, Harry, since we know your mic is working. Um, uh, how, you know, talk about this, and we'll give Alan a chance if he wants to talk about San Diego one more time, but. Um, Harry, uh, how did San Antonio get past San Diego? They converted their chances um, when you know uh, when it was on fair uh, uh, fair weather pod. It was about which team would would convert, and San Antonio was able to convert early, which is what they needed to do. Uh, they you know it was a perfect uh, ball uh, from Abu uh, on a on a set piece, and. Uh, you know, Alan can talk about the San Diego defense there, but you know it was 
it was a open header by Nathan and nothing the goalkeeper could do. And, you know, that got San Antonio going. And then the second goal uh, also off of a set piece, I believe it was a corner, uh, got headed in the box a couple of times and then Patino hammered it home. And uh, from there, San Antonio cruised. I, I know uh, what it was, 70-30 possession uh, towards the, the loyal. But, you know, the second half, you know, it was – you know, I think it was about the 62nd, 63rd minute. Uh, San Antonio switched to uh, five in the back and uh, just just kind of, you know, let San Diego have the ball and, and pass around. But, you know, at least in, in my opinion, really wasn't any big threats uh, from, you know, from San Diego that, you know, had had you worried. But uh, it was it was a complete performance uh from san antonio you know they got the goals early they stayed back they played physical which you know uh, was a big focus of san diego going in and you know they walked away with um i think probably a little bit surprising uh convincing win um you know 2-0 and i don't even know if the game was that close and i don't mean that to dish on on allen at all but um you know like i said here i you know it was you know it was over early Let's be honest, you were trying to give a little bit of a low blow there to Alan. We all try to do that from time to time. Um, but, I mean, what you're saying there, I mean, this was probably the easiest of the four victories for the teams that participated in this first round. Um, Alan, do you have any words to throw in there? I know you already talked a lot about this San Diego-San Antonio match here uh, today, uh, but do you have anything you want to throw on for our listeners, uh, or do you want to just say, nope, no more? I mean, I think uh, I think if that Augie uh, attempt right there uh, goes in, I think it might be a slightly different game. Uh, but uh, you got to tip your hat to uh, San Antonio, and we, we talked about this on the Fairweather uh, podcast. Was both of these teams are going to be able to play the style of play that they want to play? Uh, San Diego with the high possession. Uh, San Antonio is totally fine with giving up the ball and sitting and defending because they defend really well. Uh, and it was just who would execute the game plan the best. And uh, San Antonio really executed really well in the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. And that's all they needed to do to get it done. And San, San Diego couldn't respond uh, in a way to put any type of pressure on the goalkeeper. Uh, and that's the, the biggest difference is San Diego, they executed their game plan they wanted. They just couldn't finish uh, and, and couldn't complete that, that last kind of third of the game. Uh, and you got to tip your hat to San Antonio. They're playing really well right now. Um, you know they're they're looking like a, a a challenger for you know Western Conference Finals, uh, if not a really good chance to uh, represent the West in the finals. Uh, so you you run into a good team, you don't play the best game you can play on the road. Uh, you're not going to win very many games. Uh, that's I think what, what it boils down to. Interesting to look at it because San Antonio plays a little bit more of a defensive, just you know waits for the opportunities. That's sort of what Orange County does too, and. Um, so that'd be interesting if it gets to uh, Orange County San Diego final, but or San Diego San Antonio final. Um, that might be very boring. Let's, yeah, let's not get too far ahead of it yet. Um, let me uh, jump. Let me just let everyone know that's listening or watching. Is is Edson did mention in our private chat that he was going to step away for a moment, and I didn't see that, so I didn't mean to sort of make it look like he was not paying attention to us. He 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 should be back soon. Let me go to our Oakland guys though, really quick. Um, how did Oakland get to this point? How did they pull off that upset? Because the big storyline heading into this postseason, I think, was the El Paso doesn't lose at home ever uh, type thing. And somehow, some way, Oakland pulled off that uh, 
that big upset and they they move on uh, to the second round. How did that happen? What, what did you guys see? Yeah, well, I, the thing about winning streaks is they have to end, right? Um, I thought that uh, Farrell played uh, uh, an interesting game plan. Defensive midfielders, uh, which uh, one of them was sort of played a more advanced role than he usually does. Um, that is Matias Fasore, who's normally the, the sort of rock of the defensive midfield, was sort of more adventuring in this match. Um, but he was partnered with uh, uh, Joseph Nane, who only has uh, like 330 minutes of game time this season. He was a mid-season signing, um, barely gotten into the the game so far, but was uh, immense in this game. And, and really, like, he and the, the two center backs, Kai Green and Emre Clementa, had incredible games. Like, they essentially forced this El Paso team, which has you know, three great attacking players uh, were forced into these crappy crosses that Clementa and Green or, or Paul Blanchett, the keeper, dealt with. Um, and right off the bat, I mean, something like four minutes in, the, the highlight that's on right now, uh, Quincy Ameriqua put in Johnny Rodriguez, who had a great, I mean, he, he didn't have quite as good a shot as he could have, but he had a great opportunity to go ahead in like the fourth minute of the game. Um Roots looked sort of dangerous when they got opportunities after that. And then finally, uh, in the 74th minute, Farrell put in Jeremy Bokila, who <laughs> leads the Roots offense with five goals this season. Um, and Jeremy Bokila is massive and technically, like, surprisingly adept for being huge. Uh, but he can only play about 30 minutes at a time. And so if you can keep the game close through 70 minutes, throw him on and see what happens. And he just gives defenders like so much trouble. They just don't know what to do with him. And sure enough, two minutes after he came on, he put in that incredible goal with the, the hockey assist from Ameriquois and then the assist from uh, Chewy Enriquez. And because of the roots, completely illegible uh, jerseys, that assist was credited to three different players that I saw. Um, so, and and that was it. I mean, the Roots had one more great opportunity, but, you know, aside from a couple of, you know, mistakes that the that El Paso really didn't make Oakland pay for, uh, Oakland shut them down. They, um, you know, they played a very defensive game, but they were a better team on the night and they deserved that win. Um, and it's really... Uh, it's a little incredible they managed to do that. Um, I think, uh, you know, this will come up with the preview for the next, uh, the Orange County, uh, Oakland semifinal. Uh, the Roots lost two players, one of whom is a major, like a regular starter, um, sort of both announced kind of weirdly in the last two weeks that their contracts weren't being renewed. And then neither was in the starting lineup or on the bench for this game. And that's, I mean, that was like the heart of midfield was, was missing. And that's sort of why Nane came into the game, although it might have just been in an, in an attempt to sort of shore up the defense. But either way, it paid off for Farrell. The Roots get to keep going. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, uh, Aaron, if you have anything to add to that, or uh, was that a, a good uh, explanation of, uh, of the match? That was that was a very thorough explanation. I, I wholeheartedly endorse everything that was just said. 
Okay, perfect. Let me uh, do this because I, I still haven't gotten word that Edson's available right now. So I, I want to give him a chance to sort of give us the rundown on how RGV pulled off that amazing upset. But uh, let's do this. Let's look ahead to this Oakland Orange County match. And I, I definitely want to hear what everyone has to say. I also want to hear what your thoughts are on this, Harry, being the, the outsider uh, on this matchup. Um, I, I know, uh, Peter, you mentioned missing some players, but uh, let's just say this Orange County is going to be missing a, a couple really good players, it looks like. Uh, unless some miracle happens and a red card is rescinded on appeal. Um, but um, the, the big question going into this match for Orange County fans is who is playing next to Michael Orozco uh, in the backfield when this match starts? I'm going to go, let me go to you first, Brad. Um, who is starting in uh, or who's pairing with Michael in that uh, center back position there to start against Oakland? This is a tough one. Because there's no one on the roster. And he's muted. There's nobody on the roster outside of midfielders, as I pull up Brad. Um, if I were to realistically choose one or two candidates, I would say either Dylan Powers or Tommy McCabe would probably be in probably Powers of those two. Um, but if we want to have fun with it, just throw Aaron, or Aaron Cervantes. Uh Abraham Romero up there. Just why not give him some playing time? <laughs> I do. I do want to say that the last time Orange County Soccer Club took the pitch without either Rob Kiernan or Kobe Henry on the pitch was October 26th of 2019. And your back line consisted of Kevin Alston, Michael Orozco, Walker Hume, and Joe Amico. And this was the 6-2 loss to Real Monarchs in the playoffs. That was the last time Orange County has taken the pitch without either Rob Kiernan or Kobe Henry on the pitch playing for in center back. Let me let me ask this for you, Dylan. I, I don't know if, if it's even possible. Is there any way that Orange County can somehow get Blake Malone back in time for this match? No, 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 no. He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't be available because he's actually not appeared for the club before the roster freeze deadline um so now it's it's got to be dylan powers you think it'll be dylan and, and for some stats Your and for some stats yeah yeah it's, it's got to be dylan powers um dylan powers is the sixth most prolific uh player when it comes to clearances on this team um if you're curious uh, ronaldo Damas is the 10th which is kind of crazy to think about as uh, a number nine but it's got to be dylan powers because he's quite a few inches taller than Tommy McCabe um, and already plays pretty far back. Or so we do some me, um, crazy like three at the back, but it's two full backs and a center back and we lose like seven dollars or something. Well, and, and we all know the, the scary part of this is Orange County all season has had some difficulty marking the back post. And we're now sort of messing up this uh, defensive set that has worked well for the last few matches for this team. Uh, by a red card and the alternate player, um, you know, deservingly leaving the club to go participate with the U20 U.S. national team. Let me go to you, uh, Aaron and Peter. And again, you guys choose who wants to talk about this first. Um, how excited are y'all to know that there's some nerves over here on the Orange County side about uh, a missing center back and really no one to replace the, the two guys that are not available this weekend? Uh, pumped um, <clears throat> when we looked at at El Paso and how Oakland would be able to attack them. You know, it, it seemed to us like that was a great matchup for Oakland. 
the spaces El Paso leave are the spaces that Oakland likes to exploit. And we've got six hours worth of evidence that Orange County is not a good matchup for Oakland. So any advantage that we can get here would be great. You know, because we've scored one goal in four matches, haven't haven't taken a single point off you the entire season. So some some, uh, you know, some flux at the back. That is great. Apparently, I'm the one that's nervous, not Orange County fans. Um, yeah, uh, Peter, you, you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, it's when that Aaron and I were debriefing it. I mean, the first thing that we said is that we have to chip in to make sure the roots can buy Ronaldo Damas. And the second thing we said is like, thank God, Rob. You know, in the, not the most recent game with the insane Jose Hernandez red card, but the, the Orange County Oakland matchup before that, you know, Oakland got on the board first and looked like they were going to torment the Orange County back line, and then something changed. Uh, Orange County took the game over some questionable refereeing and got the win. Uh, and we gotta we gotta hope that that Oakland can find a way to start tormenting the back line again. Got to learn here in the USL Championship. You can't blame refereeing because everyone gets questionable refereeing every single match. No, um, so that's just a that's a given. Oh, Harry doesn't agree with that statement. No, the, the refs are perfect, buddy. <laughs> Uh, if you can't, if you can't hear sarcasm there, then you'll never know. Um, as, as our, our producer brings up, uh, the said stuff, uh, red card here in that match. Uh, I don't know if it's to rub it into the Oakland guy's face or what it is here. Um, let me go to Harry. You're, you're the person that, you know, you have a little bit of, uh, interest in this match because, you know, obviously, uh, San Antonio may have to face one of these teams in the Western conference finals if they can take care of their business. Um, what do you see out of these two teams? And just in your opinion, which team is at the advantage for this match? Oh, it has to be Orange County because they're playing at home. That has the advantage. Um, the Roots, they've had such an up and down season and now they're finishing up. But you just got to worry about... Number one, the depth and 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 can they keep on on this run? Um, you know, because it's one thing to go into El Paso, get the upset, you know, but to be able to turn around and then go back home and then go back down to Orange County, um, where Orange County is very, very good at um, at Championship Park, and the defense, I guess, kind of scares me a little bit because that's what you guys live on, you know, live on. But I think, you know, and maybe you guys can kind of, you know, counter into this. I still think the offensive power, you know, that Orange County has is probably still a little bit better than what the Roots has. Um, you know, if, if you know, if we're kind of compar comparing. So for me as an outsider, the one that hasn't, you know, I've, I've seen the highlights, I've seen the stats kind of, you know, followed a little bit, but I haven't, you know, gone into detail, you know, watching the teams yet. You know, I, I think that Orange County has to be the favorite going in. But in sports to beat a team five times, that's hard to do. So that that that's that's the one thing that gives me pause is is, is Oakland's in the best form that they've been in. Um but so Orange is Orange County. County. <laughs> yeah, but you know I, I just I just you know, it just uh it, it, it'll be now, I'm a little bit tainted by uh, 
Edson and, and you know the goaltender from uh, Oakland with Blanchett, um, and seeing him last year with RGV and how uh, we'll just say he he was uh, Edson's favorite player. We'll we'll just leave it at that um, last year, and uh, to see what he's doing in Oakland is is night and day. So it, it's it's kind of funny how how you know how how changing locations and changing systems uh can change a player's um identity you know because you know going in i thought he was a weakness and you know uh, you know watching you know watching the game you know he was he's been a hell of a goalkeeper every time that i've watched uh, oakland oakland roots play let me go to you really quick alan because uh, there was an early comment here from harry that you made a little bit of a face i was watching you um maybe when he was talking about orange county's good at home or or something like that i can't remember um what do you what do you have to say about that what were what was that face for alan uh that was a face of uh orange county has been inconsistent at best at home uh this is one of the narratives going into the playoffs is their home form is as good as oakland roots home form was this season uh seven wins four draws five losses uh even a worse goal differential than Oakland at home. Uh, so in, in years past, I would say orange County at home uh, is something that would give them favorable advantage. Uh, but I'm not necessarily sure um, as of late, they've been doing much better at home. Uh, you know, the beating Phoenix, beating San Diego uh, and then, Colorado Springs so their form as of late has been good at home uh, but we have seen them put up quite a few stinkers at home this year as well uh, so that was my face is and I think it was something we talked about on some of the, the the guys who come in and call games who aren't really paying attention as much as maybe some of the other guys who call games like Mike, Mike Watts or Devin Kerr um, make reference of Orange County is a really good home team it's like they've been fine um, but yeah. To be fair, you have to go back to August, July time frame where they were struggling. That's when they exactly. had their their um, their struggles at home. Outside you have of go, you have to go back to they lost to Phoenix. Uh, yeah, but I don't. Paso. Phoenix is a different. At least Tacoma. regular season, Phoenix is a different team. And, and we kind of you talked about that, you know, on your show is yes, Phoenix is a great regular season team, <laughs> but postseason they don't get the job done. And, and and history's proven that they haven't won, you know, won a game in in the po at one, you know, they've advanced, but they haven't won a game in what two three years. Ooh, someone's gonna officially upset some of the Phoenix fans on our show here. Officially in in regulation in regular yes. time, the last time they won was uh, unfortunately this is another game that Orange County fans don't want to remember. The 20, 2018 Western Conference Finals is the last time they've won in regulation in the playoffs. So really quick, since we're, we're bringing up Phoenix, I mean, apparently Phoenix fans all of a sudden are celebrating regular season championships, whereas in 2018 they were just in Orange County for celebrating regular season. Well, they won the league. You know that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That's 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 an argument that, that was had o- over the weekend with uh, some people, including myself, and um, interesting stuff going on. Um, let's do this. I I don't know what happened to Edson, so we're going to continue on here. I want to really quick, and we can all just sort of discuss this, because, again, I think this was the best matchup of the first round uh, in all of the USL Championship. That was the Phoenix uh, RGV. You know, we're not going to key predictions. We're not going to game predictions yet here. Um, Let's talk about really quick 
uh, RGV versus Phoenix. Uh, what did we have? We had how many goals? Uh, I think six goals. Three, three. Three to three, and then penalty shots. And let me let me just say this, because uh, Alan brought up Mike Watts, amazing guy. I mean, he was busting out the the penalty kick uh, stats for Andre Rawls and uh, was it Colin Miller, Martin, one of those two? Miller. Um, Miller. Um, I, I thought that was pretty pretty cool to call that out as it's heading into penalties, uh, that Andre Rawls has never stopped a penalty and Miller had stopped like three out of five or something like that in his career. So uh, that sort of set the tone. And lo and behold, El Paso pulls it off and, and Miller with a few, a couple good saves there uh, in PKs. Uh, how exciting was this match for everyone? Uh, who wants just someone jump in there? How exciting was this Ed, match? Edson's for back, Ray. Edson's oh, back. Edson is back. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sir. But Let's do this. No, no, don't worry, Edson. I, I actually didn't realize that you chatted that you were you're heading out, so I apologize uh, for making you look bad by calling you to, to speak and you weren't there. Um, I'm going to go to you then. I'll, I'll defer he was to you. scared. He was scared. <laughs> that, that's why. I'll defer yeah. to Edson about this match. Um, we we all sort of agree this was the most exciting match of the first round. Uh, what was uh, your thoughts on this match, and how exciting was the match as an RGV fan? Definitely extremely exciting. Um, it was one of those games where uh, you, ha you had your nerves you know, at the end of, uh, of your hands, you know, because, yeah, RGV had the lead early, but then you knew in the back of your mind that Phoenix is Phoenix, right? And they have power players like Asante and you know, Adon Quinn. And then the fact is um, that a couple minutes later, Asante gets the equalizer. And one of the things that I mentioned previous to this game was the Toros need to limit their defensive mistakes. And they continue to make some defensive mistakes, honestly. You know, that, uh, that, uh, that goal, that second goal by Solomon Asante in, in extra time, that to me was a defensive mistake. They, you know, that so there was a similar play just a couple minutes before that it just so happened that it hit the crossbar. Because if not, it would be kind of, would be kind of what like four, two, four, two lead. So, but what we have to give credit to the Toros is that they continue to 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 fight. They can they never gave up. I mean, they knew who we're playing against, and that did not uh, get them scared at all. You know, they they stood up to the challenge, and in the end, when it was very decisive, Colin Miller, who had started the game off shakily in the first half came up big in penalties, getting two saves and giving happiness back and hope back that uh, the Toros really are uh, past the Dynamo era. And, and let me just say this again, Mike Watts, amazing. He set it up perfectly for that PK uh, scenario, uh, calling out that Miller has made saves and Andre Rawls had it. How uh, worried were you heading into those PKs? Uh, did you think RGV would pull it out, or were you still, uh, you know, on the fence? I was still on the fence, if I want, if I want to be honest, because I was still a little bit worried about what Colin Miller uh, could do, considering the fact that you know he had to come on. Well, not really off the bench, but he is the backup keeper to Tyler Derrick, and so I didn't know exactly how well uh, Colin Miller was at stopping penalties. Um, and so when I saw him score the penalty, 
or save the penalty. I think it was against Arturo Rodriguez. It gave me a little, it gave me a little bit of confidence in him. And I talked to him, you know, uh, when he came back uh, to McAllen at the airport, you know, he mentioned that, that he was one of the things that he does is that he is able to analyze the movements off of the, the kick takers to kind of figure out where they're going to shoot it. So it's not just, a, oh, I'm just going to guess, but rather like it's, it's a very good analysis for him to be able to figure out what is going to happen. Perfect. I, I know we have to let you go, uh, but I want to get your, your thoughts quickly on this upcoming match, RGV versus San Antonio. Um, what does RGV need to do to uh, win a, another match and make it to the Western Conference Finals? And um, do you think that will happen? I think I think we have what it takes. Um, however, we are losing Christian Sorto to national team duty. We also lost Jonas Joberg, who was definitely one of the key players in the last three regular season games. So uh, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. But we do have uh, Kyle Edwards and uh, and Elvis Amo up in front, and I think they'll give the San Antonio defense a run for their money. To be honest. Perfect. Well, I, I want to thank you, Edson. I, uh, again, I know you have to, to head out. So I want to thank you for taking some time to join us tonight. Uh, and we'll definitely have you back on again uh, in the near future. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the, the invite. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, let me head over to you, Harry, really quick. Uh, so you, you got to see at least the highlights of the RGV Phoenix match. Um, mm-hmm. all right, do you think this is a deserved victory for RGV or can there, an argument be made for that uh, penalty in extra time that was awarded that looked like it was very very uh a very very nice call for rgv um and do phoenix fans have any kind of argument on that oh you could argue but you know none of us are fans of the okay, we talked about the... the refs in in usl i mean <laughs> you're gonna have bad ref uh, calls all 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 over the place so to me uh, is it a soft pk yes However, this is what forty-one-year-old Vicente Sanchez, who knows what he's doing. We'll we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, he put it in the ref's hands to make that call, and and they made the call. Um, you know, it, if I was a rising fan, I'd be a little bit you know salty about the call. But you know, how many times as rising fans, especially with Solo, got those calls? You know, it, it's it's. <laughs> You know, you know, they punched their way literally uh, last year past the first round with Sacramento. Uh, you know, you know, through that with the missed call. So, uh, you know, well, let's just say, right? Phoenix gave up three goals to RGV. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I, it, you have your chance to get by if you if you can just limit the goals that you're giving up in these matches. It was an even game. I, you know, if if our if if rising would have won four, you know, four three or three two, I wouldn't have argued with it. You know, it was just, you know, it, it it was it to me it was a fair result. You know, RGV came out and played, you know, especially where they played uh Phoenix Rising earlier in the year. And it, you know, looking back, I think they got some confidence from that game because they they went down early. I think it was like three nothing. Um, but they held them that second half. So, you know, they got some confidence. They know how to play in Phoenix because they already had done that. And, you know, 
you know, we have to, you know, I'll give, you know, RGV credit, you know, they're, they're, they're a good club. This isn't, you know, as Edson mentioned, this isn't, you know, RGV under the dynamo. This is an independent RGV team. They've got talent, you know, the players fight for the badge and they're going to be a tough out. You know, it's, you know, it's no different than playing the roots or orange County, you know, that, you know, it's, you know, they're quality players, you know, that are down at, you know, in the Valley and, um, you know, do I think rising might've, I don't want to say rising took them a little bit lightly, but I don't, you know, just kind of with El Paso, I, I think, I think, you know, you, you don't want to disrespect the opponent, but, you know, I think everybody thought, you know, Hey, the one seeds are going to handle the, the number four seeds, you know, RGV and the roots. And, you know, as we saw, that's why you play the game because both teams came in and played and, um, you know, at, you know, at least, you know, I thought the roots outplayed, uh, El Paso, uh, you know, you know, in the action that I saw, you know, from the, you know, you know, from there and, um, you know, RGV, you know, went toe to toe with rising. I don't think anybody can argue that, that we've talked about it numerous times on our show is this is the beauty of this sport is it, it goals are hard to come by and any team can win on any given night. And I think this. Uh, first round shows how much form can play into uh, a team success, right? You look at what Phoenix was doing heading towards the end of the season. I know there was this argument that they're taking it easy. They're just sort of coasting to the playoffs because they had already locked things up and then they can sort of do that, turn on things, turn it on when the games matter. Uh, And then you had a RGV team. That's really tough. Same thing. When you look at El Paso, El Paso was a really good club, but Oakland was coming in on a good run of form as well. and, And that form helps out. Uh, again, look at Orange County with uh, Colorado Springs going down a man, but Orange County had been on a really good run of form that confidence really helped out, uh, help them out for this match. And they were able to pull out the victory. So uh, that's the cool thing with soccer is it's not like other sports. I know the NFL is sort of similar to one and done. It's not like the NBA or baseball where you have a seven game series to try and, uh, you know, match up against someone and you can drop a match and, and change things and do this. You have to figure it out right then and there. Um, let me do this. Uh, Harry, thoughts. Uh, how does San Antonio win this match quickly? Uh, convert their shots. Um, this series is, what, 7-7-6. Seven, seven, so 7-1, seven, 7 draws, 6 wins for uh, RGV. Uh, so it's a very close series. Uh, the thing that I think makes a difference is I went through the lineups because uh, San Antonio and RGV split their series uh, one, win, one win apiece and two draws. And uh, equal goals, um, two one one zero, you know, games here. The difference is, is, is the San Antonio back line is completely different than when they played them before. Um, you know, with with Ford, with Tainter, with um, uh, the Tunisian Terminator uh, Kamiri. Um, I, I think that's going to be a difference uh, for that here. Patino is back in, in form here, so. It worries me because it's a rivalry game, um, and it's one where you know historically the best team doesn't always win just because you know with it being a rival, you know records go out the window. But you know, I, I've heard that there's going to be a large uh, crowd of Toro fans coming up. You know, obviously Toyota Field's going to be pa- uh, going to be uh, pumped. But uh, I, I think I think for San Antonio, I think defensively they're just at a different level now. Um, and like I said here, I don't care who we face, uh, coming out, you know, between Orange County or the roots, I, I expect us to, 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 make it, to make it out, uh, to make, to make it out, but we got to get past, we got to, we got to get past RGV first. Um, if we get past RGV, 
Um, you know, I, I'm fairly confident whether it's on the road or, you know, at Toyota Field against the Roots. Uh, you know, I would like to believe that we'll, we'll be in the USL Championship Finals. But, you know, so it sounds RG like Harry's more scared of RGV. I am more scared of RGV. I am more scared of RGV. There's there's no question. And it's because it's a rivalry. They know each other. It's I get that. You know, I get that. You know, and, and, and you know, it's just it's you know, it's RGV has been our, our our team that 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 sneaks up and gets us even when they were under the dynamo that, you know, they always got results against us that, you know, they had no business getting. But so, I think this team the safc this team this team is on a different level so let, let's talk briefly really quick um to let me go first to uh let me go to alan brad and dylan really quick um who are you more scared of out of the three remaining teams is it uh, our matchup this weekend or is it san antonio or is it rgv alan uh it's tampa bay as an orange county fan uh i i hmm, as an orange county fan um shoot i don't know i think they all have different uh things to be afraid of i mean oakland is playing with house money so uh they're playing with confidence they have literally nothing to lose uh so those teams are very dangerous to play in the playoffs especially in a one and done um you know rgv i think is playing a very similar game in that they're playing that first independent season and they're kind of playing with house money uh, San Antonio has a lot to prove as well. Uh, they've been consistently a, a a team in the conversation of playoffs and uh, maybe a little bit underperforming in their over the course of their uh, existence. Um, I, I don't know if there's one that you're really afraid to play. Um, and as an Orange County fan, you I think you can you feel pretty confident that you can beat any of those three teams on any given day. But I think if you ask those those fan bases, they'd say the same thing about Orange County. Um, there's going to be some pretty interesting matchups. Um, I, I think there's some things that o Oakland can exploit from Orange County being a little bit uh, shorthanded that changes the narrative a little bit. Um, so I think that that is a part of the conversation with this match. Um, I think right now Orange County is afraid, uh, should be afraid of Oakland only because of those things. Um, they're the next team up. They're the only team that can eliminate them at this point of the playoffs. And so they're the team that you got to, to, to respect and play hard against uh, San Antonio. If, if they win, they'll, they're down the road. Uh, RGV, if they win are down the road, the Eastern conference again, down the road, I think orange County should be afraid of Oakland right now, because that's the only team that can uh, be uh, kick them out of the playoffs right now. Dylan. The only game that matters is the one that's happening on Saturday night. I'm never fine. So it has to be Oakland. What's the point of having a conversation about a game that might not happen? You know, uh, you, I mean, I, I know you love to talk about we're how, uh, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're you to love to talk about, about like, uh, what can and may happen. Yeah, I guess that's you, what I, my, that's what my vision of, of podcasting is. Like Orange County is going to sign Harry Kane or something hypothetically, but it's not going to happen. So um, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. So we'll just focus on what's directly in front of us and focus on getting past Oakland with uh, one center back on the roster. <laughs> That's There's enough to talk about just from this match. I know, I know Orange County fans are not worried about this apparently, but that is a very scary thought is we we've been chatting about this behind the scenes and there's all these weird thoughts coming up uh, of what Orange County can do. Brad, um, who scares you the most out of the remaining uh, opponents in the Western conference? We haven't even gotten to, you know, what would happen in the rest of the USL. Uh, the only team of these 
three that has beat Orange County this year is RGV, and we haven't played San Antonio, so they can't beat us if we haven't played them. Um, you know, I agree with Dylan here. We can't worry about two weeks from now when we haven't even faced next week. All right, perfect. Uh, Aaron, from Oakland Shoes, what team scares you the most right now? Oh, it's got to be Orange County. I mean, we've, we've yet to beat them. <laughs> you know? uh, it's and, you know, I, I think if you're on the squad, obviously one game at a time, especially for a, a team that that got into the the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, everyone. Oakland has Oakland has weaknesses that everyone who's left can exploit, uh, but. It's got to be Orange County right now because, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, it would be, uh, you know, one one goal in 360 minutes is not going to get it done. Um, yeah, uh, let's go to you, Peter. Uh, do you agree? Uh, is it OC that scares uh, Oakland the most right now? Uh, yeah, at least me. I mean, uh, I understand the case to be made for San Antonio. But the case to be made for San Antonio is a worse version of the case to be made for El Paso. And Oakland already dealt with them. Uh, so, you know, I I like the, the roots. I don't hate that the roots are going to get to face a team that they've seen a lot. They know what they're going to do. They know what Orange County's, like, tricks are going to be. Um, but, you know, it's hard not to look at those four losses and say... Uh, if Oakland are the one who present, like progress out of this game, I got to cheer for Orange County to win it all because then the Roots can say they were at least second best in the league. There we go. Um, but, I mean, let's talk about this. And, and I, I know uh, we're definitely at that hour mark. Uh, if, and if anyone has to leave at any point, let me know because we definitely don't want to keep you all later than you have to. Um, but it's interesting. I know the league didn't plan for things to happen this way. Um, where this these second round matches were both uh, you know interdivision uh, matches and interesting enough it's California versus California and Texas versus Texas which is going to lead us to the Western Conference Final is going to be a California versus Texas Western Conference Final which gets into all kinds of craziness outside of you know the soccer world and things like that when you look at uh, the arguments to be made around the United States uh, in in other topics uh so that will be an interesting thing um how excited are we to have this or are we disappointed that we're not getting uh you know a inter-division matchup in the second round for all of us and this doesn't have to be for everyone just anyone that wants to speak up on this really quick before we um get to our match predictions really quick i think it's exciting um just because and i guess this would be a question for for you guys Obviously, it's a little bit one-sided on the on the rivalry right now, but these matches is what can make a rivalry going forward. You know, you know, you know, between Oakland and Orange County. Um, so for you know, for me as as an outsider, I'm looking forward to it. You know, just you know, with you know, with the uh, fight that that the Roots have been able to to uh, show all year from you know the interesting start. You know, we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> To how With they're the finishing strong, <laughs> to you know how how they're finishing so strong, and 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 they're a physical team, and, you know, it, which you know is at least in my opinion a little bit counter of uh, you know from what you know historically you know you know is in the Pacific where it's a little bit more finesse compared to you know compared to you know to the mountain side, you know, mountainside. So 
Um, I, I think it'll be, you know, as a neutral for, you know, for the uh, OC uh, Oakland Roots match, I, I'm looking forward to it because I think that's going to, you know, help uh, assuming that the Roots, you know, are able to, to, you know, especially if the Roots can get a game and, and you know, if there's some questionable calls, we'll just say, uh, in, in the game or questionable fouls. Um, I'm looking forward to see how that can build on the uh, rivalry between the two clubs. Yeah, and if I could just jump in, you know, I, I've mentioned that we haven't beaten Orange County yet, but, you know, you can basically throw the first two games out because you guys were – you had a different manager. We had uh, – in the first game, the squad wasn't finished. The second game was the second match after we had to pause because there was a COVID outbreak among the traveling um, squad. Uh, so you look at the last two matchups – Peter already mentioned we feel like we got robbed in the third one. Uh, and then in the fourth one, uh, I mean, I think Roots know they didn't put their best foot forward. Mefeca gets injured in the 40th minute, and then Hernandez decides to whack a guy in the nuts right in front of the referee in the 53rd. And, and you know, the game's gone at that point. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at actually two kind of interesting um, outcomes. And, you know, as bad as things have gone, I think Oakland's got to feel like, you know, we at least got a shot here. You know, we've, we've we've matched up with these guys before, even if we haven't been able to get any points off them. I, I let me just say, I, I think it'll be really cool. I I think this definitely has the potential to have this really good uh, sort of competitive rivalry between Orange County and Oakland. Uh, it's close enough where you can travel. I mean, Southwest flights can be like you know forty nine dollars each way uh, from time to time for those, and, and our very own Brad can make the drive down there sometimes. So it's it, it, it would be really exciting. And let me just say this props to Oakland, because for a short bit there at the beginning of the season, it almost seemed like they were going to be the FC Cincinnati of the USL championship um, and just struggle and struggle and struggle. Uh, but they pulled it off. They got to the playoffs and they pulled off the upset in the first round. Um, so props to that. Cause that's, that's not an easy feat for a team just entering the league. They got um, rid of the Rayo turf. That was, that was the changing <laughs> of it here. They, they, they got rid they of the got Rayo that, turf so, yeah. and, you know, what, you know, what did we call that? The turf, turf they brought in, you know, it's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It looks a little funny on TV, but. Uh, was it like the Elmo's world turf or something like that? I forget no, what it's it, was. The, it was the Rayo. Okay. You know, from. No, no. The new turf though. We were, oh, we, I don't, we, someone made a comment oh, on here. Yeah, and, yeah, that was me. I will claim that. I will claim that the first turf is like your crest. It had a bunch of different colors. The second one is the blues clues pitch. I mean, like, blues clues I, pitch. There we I go. literally That's said shout out, out to my pitches last week. So, like, <laughs> uh, I do, I do, I do want to say this. Whoever wins Orange County and between Orange County and Oakland, I just need everyone in that fan base to tweet out that you are the Pacific Division champions, please. Like, please, can we do that? Like, I think that's like epic troll level. I cannot do that. With a but, picture of butterflies. With a picture of butterflies. Like, doesn't matter who wins. There's going to be troll level 100, like Pacific Division champs. I think uh, between San Antonio and RGV could do the same thing. Mountain Division champs. No Copa like, I think, Chaos. I think there's like some ep- epic uh, troll moments that are possible here regardless. Or, I mean... Whoever wins can have that troll level moment. So I'm just putting that out there. You can borrow that. Please take that and, and enjoy. <laughs> and quick props to Oakland because they found a way to make your stream look like it's 4K when it's only 720p with that pitch because it really makes your your the 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 colors pop on your TV there. Because um, I know ESPN Plus is not streaming in 4K 
uh, for the USL championship matches. Uh, let, let's get into, okay, sorry. There's no $49 flights from Orange County to Oakland. Okay. The only Oakland, or sorry, the only Orange County 49 flights are to lame places. I'd love to know what is considered lame by Russell there. Um, let's get to this. Let's get to some predictions for both of these matches. We're going to go round table here. First, we're going to start off with the RGV versus San Antonio match. I don't need a score prediction. I just want to know who you think is going to move on um, in this match. And I'm just going to go in what I'm viewing in traditional order here. So I'm going to go to you first, Alan. Uh, RGV San versus San Antonio. Who's moving on? San Antonio. Brad. Uh, San Antonio. Aaron. San Antonio. Peter. I'll be the one who says RGV. Harry. San Antonio 3-0. Ooh, he even threw in a prediction there. Look at, look at that right there. Let's hear Dylan's. San Antonio. So should I go with my 5-0 prediction? Should I do that? Harry, should I do my 5-0 prediction? And who's who's getting five goals in this match, Gary? Um, well, the only team that I think that scores is going to be San Antonio. So, and your level of prediction, um, if memory serves me correct, is not exactly uh, Vegas worthy. I, I guess we'll say right. Um, so, so five nil. Who for for my prediction? Uh, I'll go San Antonio. I'm that confident. Uh, I, He's I going can, with five nil San Antonio with the my Rakers. prediction method. I love it. I love it. For those that don't know my five nil predictions, I always predict who I think is going to lose at five goals. So I am pulling, I guess, for RGV in this match. Uh, Orange County versus Oakland. That's this. This one probably will be a little bit closer in these uh, these votes. Not just because we have two Oakland guys on here, um, but I, I think this is just sort of a, a closer matchup. Maybe I don't know. Um, Alan. Oh, let's go reverse order. Let's go to Dylan first. I think this game is even. Well, okay, but who's uh, moving on? Who's who's going to the Western Conference Championship out of these two teams? He's the nervous guy, folks. He is the nervous one. I said Orange County. You said Orange County. All right, Harry. Yeah. Um, you guys have me a little bit worried about the uh, no center backs. So I'm going to go. But apparently Oakland's scores are like five foot seven or something like that. Yeah, but they got they got a guy that comes in in the thirty last 30 minutes based on, on tonight's show, and he scores goals. So... And we'll just put Abraham Romero back there because we know he's he can uh, get into people's uh, <laughs> heads and punk with people. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the Roots and PKs, 5-4 uh, over uh, Orange County. All right, let's go, Peter. You – look, I got to say – the, the roots convert penalties at a rate of about 15%. So uh, you're going to get good odds <laughs> on that. Uh, Wait, is that, is that a true? Like, I know you don't have the stats right in front of you, but is that pretty accurate? Let me go to Aaron. Is that an accurate assessment that you guys I, can only convert about 15% of your penalties? I think they've converted three of five this season. Something. I mean, the, but the misses is it three have of five been and not two of five. Maybe it's two yeah. of five. It's, two of, it's, two uh, of four. Okay, I okay, the misses were, were really bad. <laughs> All right, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Peter. Uh, what's your prediction on this? My prediction is that no one beats the roots five times. 
I think Ooh. the roots go through. So then roots proceed. Well, okay, no one beats the roots five times, but we all know you can advance without winning. Who's moving on to the West Conference Finals? It's got to say I'm on, something. I'm on the record. On, I'm on the record on our blog, 3-1 Roots. All right, there we go. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I think these these teams are, are very evenly matched. I think the if there's a winner, it's coming in extra time. Um, before we started this, I I'm, my thinking was, the, the thing you can count on most in this match is probably Ronaldo Damas. Uh, but uh, listening to you guys fret about the center back combination has me feeling much better. Uh, so, you know, I think in the last uh, 68 minutes or so, I've changed my mind from a, a late uh, Orange County winner to a late Oakland winner. Brad, who's winning this match? Or who's moving oh, on? I'm, I'm still confident in this defense. Uh, ever since he's been appointed as the interim coach and now permanent coach um this orange county team has had an incredible defensive run uh i'm saying 2-0 orange county alan uh i'm gonna say <clears throat> i'm gonna say it goes to pks at nil nil and uh i i think uh orange county moves on uh i'm hoping for my sanity and my wife's sanity that it does not go to extra time or pks um because she will be waiting at a marching band show for me to come pick her up. So I'm hopefully it ends in regulation time. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go nil-nil, but PKs. Orange County advances in PKs. Um, due to some flukiness, it's like 4-4, four, four, and the ball hits the post and bounces off the goalkeeper in to, uh, to seal it. It's going to be something weird like that. Like there, It's not going to be like a natural winner. It's going to be something fluky and weird. So it's very interesting here is, is I think everyone here, except for Brad, but Alan Dillon, uh, Peter and Aaron were very like hesitant to give a, like a thing. I know Peter, you said, you know, on your blog, you, you you've already called out what your score is going to be. But I, I think when I was asked this question, there was all this like, Oh, this, that, this, that. Um, and, and, you know, Harry's sitting there like, Oh yeah. When I was talking about San Antonio, like I was just like, Oops, San Antonio, we got it. Um, uh, and Brad seems very confident in Orange County. In this I'm going to go five nil Oakland's going to, take this one um uh for my prediction uh and we'll go from that we're way past we, we've we've gone the over harry you you called it this isn't gonna get on, on the under there what i put on on twitter again if any of you have to head out go so but i want to just quickly 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 talk about two things first thing richard chaplow the interim tag removed how uh i know dylan probably isn't still isn't excited uh, about the coaching he still you know is on the pro Braden Cloutier uh, bandwagon um thoughts from anyone about uh Richard Chaplow is now officially a head coach on a multi-year deal Dylan go um all right so when uh whoever the Phoenix manager was I don't know that French dude that left um in 2018 and Rick Schantz replaced said dude um Phoenix played this horrific pack 10 dudes in the box and hit it forward uh nightmare fuel um that got them all the way to the final it's very effective we've watched it for the last like 10 weeks or something um there's no denying that chaplow deserves this he's done incredibly well since he's come in um he's kind of studied the ship defensively which is really what we needed um, but it's coming at the expense of playing something that was actually kind of 
beautiful. Uh, maybe not beautiful, um, but it was it was fun and it was exciting. Um, so I hope that this is a, a temporary, uh, like four four two four two three one, like very defensive minded thing, and that we we can recruit over the winter um, for something that's a little bit more fun to watch um, in the coming year because I do love being at this point in the season, but I also do love games that aren't one nil victories. Um, and so I, can we I say though, Dylan, uh, when I was trying to say that this was necessary, this change was necessary, you can now agree with me that the change was necessary at the time that it was. Sure. But it's also impossible to know that. Um, was it though? It was. Yeah. If you, if, if you, you finally drop a 17 year old, if you listen like to what I was saying about about Brayton Cloutier, uh, he under underachieved multiple seasons in a row um, from what was expected with his team and what you could say was was this team was capable of, uh, and yeah, they just hit a bad patch there. It, it was it was necessary. It, it, it had there had to be a change up top, and we've talked about this numerous times on our show. I don't want to you know get into it too much. Uh, Harry, you had second uh, or other thoughts on. You think Brayden Cloutier should have uh, remained the I was the surprised by it. The coach? I won't I was surprised by it. Um I guess I'm kind of with Dylan. I think you guys have the talent. Um and this is not nothing to take away, you know, from the coach, you know, from the new coach here that that's that you know signed in a deal and, and you know, hey, you can't argue with the results. But OC's played some good ball under the previous head coach as well. Um, you know, who's to say that they couldn't have turned it around and, um, you know, found the right formula, but the decision's done. It's, you know, you, you know, OC has moved on. They've, you know, you know, they removed the intern tab and it's, uh, it's a defensive side. And, you know, I guess you guys aren't going to sign what six forwards this upcoming off season, like you guys did this past year. Sounds like maybe they could use some more center back depth. No, no, no. We got to sign 15 Maybe. midfielders to replace one midfielder, none of whom play the same position. That's sort That's of what we did this last offseason, right? Is is packed the midfield um, after we lost Aiden Quinn. We we did also lose a Harry Forrester uh, in the offseason. So it wasn't just Aiden Quinn that was replaced there uh, in the midfield. Um, really quick. Uh, also, one last thing I want to ask everyone Detroit, are we excited? Are we bummed? And is it actually going to happen? I apparently uh, Nisa's like calling out Detroit on like they had commitment for 2022, and maybe there's some rumblings going on. What are our thoughts, really quick, on this Detroit thing? Uh, let me go to the Oakland guys first because you guys have been in this situation, uh, and they have history with Oakland as well. Let's, or, or pardon me, they have history with Detroit City as well in the. Uh... What the uh, I forget which championship game because Nisa has Ball. them every couple of months. Uh, it's <laughs> Ball like... championship game 2020. <laughs> uh, I mean, personally, I'm excited. You know, they uh, they play good ball. They have, have great supporters. Um, the supporters are a little red assed, but uh, you know they're they're you know excited about the team. Um, I, I don't think it can can hurt the quality of the league. Um, I. Uh, I went to school in, uh, in Michigan and they were, I mean, they, they were just a big deal out there. Uh, and I, I think it's a great addition. And, and about yeah, Nisa, I, like any contract can be broken. I mean, who cares? You know, maybe there's some litigation. It's not going to matter. If they want to move, they can move. It's not that big a deal. I thought Nisa's an open league. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
<laughs> the point of a contract is that it's an agreement you can break for a specific amount of money, right? And that's what Detroit's doing. Um, I, I, I'm excited for the for the league to grow generally. I realize that's like an absurd thing to say as someone who's been in the league one year. But um, I, I think it's uh, great to increase the weird Midwest presence in the league. Um, and, you know, I think that it's overall good that they have loud, obnoxious fans that make the internet more fun. It's like, you know, there's, there's limited number of people posting about the USL on, on Reddit and Twitter, and it's, it's, it's fun to have more of them and more crazy ones. Crazy is fun when it comes to this, this sport. I, I, you know, eventually I think we're going to have what, like a hundred teams in the USL. Um, and then we can maybe look at having the pro rel uh, that I know a lot of U.S. soccer fans that follow the USL are hopeful for. Uh, I don't know. I'm not putting words into all of your mouths, but I, I think that's sort of the idea that a lot of people that follow the USL, they're hoping for that pro rel model. I know the NLS. Well, we're going to vote on it this winter's that. meeting, supposedly, allegedly. Yeah, that's it's already on record. Jake Edwards is already on record saying that it's going to be up for a vote. and. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to talk with an owner in, in the league and they're, I don't think you get to this point without knowing that you have the votes. Um, now there's some things that they got to work out with. Cause right now what's the incentive for, you know, if you're a USL championship team to vote for pro rel when, you know, if you drop down to league one. So I, I do think there's some, uh, things that the league has to do. As far as Detroit, it's a no-brainer. It's you know, it's it's an international brand that you're bringing in. Uh, you know, Detroit City is 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 a is a club that's known around uh, around the world. And and, and let's be honest, um, you know, I, I I listened to you know their their announcement on there. They were in the three years that they were in Nisa, they were had a goal difference of over 115 or something crazy like that in, in three years, they need to be playing higher level of competition because they are that good of a club. And, and I know I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I think with Oakland, I think with Miami, I think there's going to, you know, wouldn't shock me if they got off to a little bit of a slow start just because there is an adjustment to go from Nisa to USL championship just because the talent's different and the quality of play is different. Um, and, but to me, who, how can you not be excited a, about uh, Detroit city? Um, the issues that I think that could come into play isn't really the league agreements, um, but more sanctioning wise by, uh, you know, USSF, where teams of our or leagues have already listed, hey, these are the teams that are coming in because there is a cutoff time for that to be able to play in the spring. So this will be an interesting case. Um, and my only question for Nisa is, you know, do you really want Detroit City back next year? Um, and then if you're Detroit City, you know, would you want to go back uh, through there? It's just, you know, to me, I think this could, I understand the intentions of what they're trying to do. But, you know, let's be honest, there's some dirty laundry that Nisa doesn't want to have aired out. And if this gets ugly, I'm afraid that that dirty laundry could get aired out real quick. There we go. Um, any other thoughts on this Detroit City thing before we wrap things up? 
everyone's like, no, I want to go to bed. So let's uh, uh, really quickly just to stir the pot for Twitter. Um, it's good that we've got some new assholes in town because I was getting a little bit tired of the New Mexico people for a week. New Mexico, I, I was thinking more rising. Oh, Chris, if you're listening, uh, make sure you go on Twitter and, and hate on Dylan for a little bit. Um, let's wrap things up here. I am sure there's other stuff we could talk about, but this is way past a lot of our bedtimes. Uh, so I want to wrap things up quick. Random thoughts for everyone. Let's go to you first, Dylan. Random thought. Uh, be good to yourselves. Uh, don't forget to get some UV exposure because this time change is wild. Also, if you yes. have tips on how to get my dog to stop begging for dinner really early, please send those to Dylan at OCSEpodcast.com. Feed your dog, then they'll stop begging for the food. Uh, Harry, random thought from you. Uh, just have fun this weekend, especially if you're going out to the games. If you're traveling down from Oakland, traveling up from RGV to San Antonio or to Orange County, uh, have fun. This is uh, something that's uh, awesome to be able to experience. And, you know, good luck to whatever teams win this week. And uh, hopefully whoever comes out of the West will bring the trophy back to the West and defeat the evil East. Uh, Peter, you have a random thought for us? Uh, I'm really excited about the rain and hopefully a good ski season. Aaron. Uh, I saw this uh, the other day, so I don't want to take total credit for it, but uh, it's this uh, notion that that the existence of the Uncanny Valley implies that there was a period of time where it was evolutionarily advantageous to be afraid of things that looked a little bit like humans. And I haven't stopped thinking about it for like three days. Brad, Brad's face there. Uh, without going, Brad, what's your random thought, man? Um, I, I don't quite understand what Aaron just said. Um. Yeah, stuff. I don't have really any random thoughts, although I did predict that this was going to be a ninety-minute episode, and I'm getting close. Alan. So in Back to the Future, when Marty McFly plays Johnny Be Good, and that inspires Chuck Berry to record Johnny Be Good, but how would he have known the song if he didn't? So who really wrote Johnny Be Good? Is is it Marvin Chuck Berry? Berry? Marvin Berry wrote it. Marvin Marvin Berry, his cousin, but he doesn't. He yeah. just holds the phone. He's he's listening to. So, um, he records. I've been it thinking with about his recording device. I've been thinking about that all day since we listened to Johnny Be Good and music appreciation today. So, who actually wrote Johnny Be Good? Marty McFly or Chuck Berry? Well, I guess Marty McFly, right? He was the first one to perform it in history. That's one of those weird questions there, Alan. Now you threw me off of what I want to say. Um, let me just say this. My random thought is I appreciate uh, anyone that covers uh, lower division soccer in the U.S. and that takes time to talk to other people that create this type of content. None of us really make any kind of money, as, I, as far as I know, on doing this type of stuff. But most of it is done for the love uh, of the game and for uh, the friendships we make along the way you know a lot of us have made friendships the reason why dylan and i know alan and brad in you know and we've hung out in person is because of podcasting and covering soccer harry's been a, a is a huge supporter of the content creators that create stuff for uh lower division soccer and there's a lot of you out there so uh, appreciative of all of that and um, i also appreciate anyone that is a little bit more important in this uh people that are the likes of like Mike Watts and 
and um, John Morrissey, who was on with us uh, last week, that uh, and the teams that provide access to players uh, and and people that work for the league. We've had Kelsey Steele on our show in the past, so it's, it's awesome uh, when you can have access to both uh, content creators and people that actually are really involved with a lot of these uh, teams and the league and and, and do stuff, and it's appreciative. So. Um, with that said, I want to thank our guests for tonight. We had Harry uh, and Edson joining us from Texas, which I know it's pretty late out there. So Harry's still hanging out with us. But I think in the past, we've learned that Harry like stays up to like three or four in the morning anyways. Um, and then we got our, our friends over from Roots blog, uh, Aaron and Peter. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, and I, I know we'll have all of you on our show uh, again in the future. Uh, and as always, Dylan, Alan, Brad, uh, and our producer, Andy. I appreciate all your work that you do for our podcast as well. For all the listeners, thanks for listening to us uh, as we release new content. Uh, go to our website if you want to hear any of our past episodes, ocscpodcast.com. Uh, for everyone that I just mentioned, my name's Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh, God,